And so, right, I'm now going to hand over um, to our speaker. Um, he was Kate was going to do the reading, so I'm afraid it's over to you, brother, to do the reading. And um, and hand over. We're going to read in for the chance you look up Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven to eight. And I give to you again, Phil. Thanks, Cole. Uh, if you've got a Bible, uh, wherever you are, I would love you to turn with me uh, to Jeremiah chapter 17. And um, I'm going to read to us uh, verses 7 and 8. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. wonder if wherever you are, you would uh, just pray with me and just invite God to speak to you today, wherever you are. Just a prayer, a really simple prayer in your heart. And say, Father, would you speak to me today? Father, would you speak to me today? Amen. I wonder whether you've ever been in a situation where you have looked around you and you have asked the question, what on earth is going on? Uh, I uh, was reminded when I asked myself that question uh, a few moments ago of, of a time a few Novembers ago uh, when I was sat at home. Um, I was It was just an ordinary Friday night and suddenly there was a really loud bang at the door and uh, I went to answer the door. Masked men burst in and uh, grabbed me, threw me into the back of a car. I was driven into the countryside near where I live in Birmingham. I was tied to a post. I was squirted with water pistols and asked very threatening questions. It was all okay in the end because it was just the beginning of my stag weekend. But in the midst of it, I was asking the question, what on earth is going on? I wasn't the only person asking that question because back at home, my neighbours thought some serious terrorist activity was taking place, called the police and... This is absolutely true. An armed response unit turned up at our house and uh, we had to iron things out with the police later. Well, at least my best man did. Asking the question, what on earth is going on, is really, really important. And I want to urge us to be people of God in this moment who ask the question, what is going on? When God speaks... He always speaks into a certain context. When we read the Gospels, they are written to certain people at a certain time. When we read Paul's letters, they're written to certain churches in a certain context. The verses that we read today, which we'll unpack in a moment, are written to a people at a time. God speaks to certain people at certain times. The great theologian Karl Barth said that the preacher holds the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. We interpret the signs of our times with scripture that never changes, but the landscape we're living in constantly changes. And I don't know about you, but there have been moments throughout 2020 where I have looked around and thought, what on earth is going on? 
It's been bewildering. It's been uncertain. For many of us, it's felt like certain things that we used to, used to take for granted have been taken away and we have been left yearning for a world that no longer exists. And it's created in us all kinds of feelings. It's created feelings of uncertainty, of anxiety, of helplessness, of hopelessness. But God still speaks into our context today. And God still speaks through his word today. And today I want to encourage us as I've been reflecting as to what God's been saying to his church in this season. What encouragement he wants to bring to you as Colchester Baptist Church on this anniversary today. I want to bring you these words from the book of Jeremiah. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. See, in an uprooted world, the image God gives us is that of being rooted. And you know, one of the most amazing things about following Jesus is that he gives us roots to grow from and go from. He gives us a firm foundation on which to stand. He gives us a certain hope in an uncertain world. And you see, Jeremiah in this moment, he is facing an uprooted world. His circumstances are a little bit like ours. He's facing a new normal. His nation, the people are, are working out how to live in a new country, in a new time. They're living in exile. Jeremiah's life straddles this time of, of uprootedness, a new normal. And this is the image God gives his people then. And his words today speak to us of a rooted people. Trees are absolutely amazing, aren't they? I, am, I don't know about you, I'm not a great nature lover. I, uh, I appreciate nature, but there are some people who properly love nature. And uh, when we were allowed out of uh, lockdown in the summer, my family and I went on holiday to Scotland and we uh, we were walking around the Gruffalo Trail. We got small children. They were loving the Gruffalo bit. We were some friends who loved the nature bit. My wife and I were just glad of a bit of peace and quiet, if we're honest. And we came across this tree and this tree had this plaque on it, which claims to be the biggest tree, the tallest tree in the whole of the UK. I don't know whether that was true or not. But then my friends who were the nature lover said, do you know that there's as much tree under the surface as there is above the surface? The roots of the tree are absolutely incredible. And in this passage, uh, we read the image that God gives his people is that of a tree. And I don't know if you noticed when we read the passage, but in the passage, there is something happening to the tree. But there's also something something happening with the tree. Now, what is happening to the tree is that it is being battered. It says that heat is coming. It's in a year of drought. But what's happening with the tree is that it does not fear. I don't know how trees fear anyway. I'm, I, maybe they do. It has no worries and it is not failing to bear fruit. You know, in this season of coronavirus, there is something happening to us. We are being 
battered. It has felt incessant. It's been relentless. It's been difficult. There has been pain, uncertainty and fear. That's what's happening to us. But what is happening with us? God's encouragement to us today is that we cannot just survive this season, but we can thrive in it. We can know what it is to be like the tree who that's being battered. We can know what it is to not have the, the fear that would hold us captive. We can know what it is to, to continue to bear fruit, to not just survive, not just keep going, but to really thrive and know God with us and using us in a really powerful way. But how do we do that? This passage tells us it's all about our roots. And my encouragement to you today as Colchester Baptist Church is to be rooted in this season. To be rooted in two ways. You need today a home to belong to and a hope to believe in. And these things come from being rooted in God. There's two other images around roots. There's two other references to roots in the New Testament. And I want to use those as our, uh, our as examples of the two places where we're going to be rooted today. And the first is from the book of Ephesians. Paul writes in Ephesians, his great prayer for the Ephesians, for the church in Ephesus, in Ephesus chapter three. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The crucial moment in there that I want us to dwell on this morning is I pray that you being rooted together with all of God's holy people. Do you know that tree in Scotland that was so massive and was so had been there for so long was not held up by a single root. It was rooted with all kinds of other roots stretching far and wide. Do you know, we live in a world that is that is individualistic, that says you can make it on your own, that you don't need anybody else. Do you know, life, especially during coronavirus, is a team game, not an individual pursuit. And as Christians, I wholeheartedly believe we should be the best friends in the world. And that we are rooted together in relationship. And my urge to you this morning, my encouragement to you, is to throw yourself into friendship, into church, into relationship during this time. I know this because I've lived it for much of 2020. 2020, even aside from coronavirus, has been a terrible year for myself and so many in my family. In January, a dearly beloved brother-in-law died from cancer. In June, my mum, my last surviving parent, died from cancer. The storm has battered us. What's happened to the tree is that it has been in a year of drought. The heat has been oppressive. The wind has bashed us. It's been really, really hard. But do you know, one of the most amazing things about following Jesus is that we're not alone. And throughout this whole season, do you know that the two months around my mum dying, we didn't cook a meal for two months. Our kitchen looked like Clinton's cards. Our, our living room looked like a florist. Why? Because when the chips are down, chips are down, the church of Jesus Christ 
comes good. And we were loved, looked after, because we were rooted with many others. Don't give up on relationship at this time. Do you know, we've been going for a time of, of, of physical distancing. But I don't like the term social distancing because I don't think that's been true. We've got to know our neighbours better. Churches have thrived during this time. This morning's a wonderful example, actually, of a church who says, Do you know what, we're not going to let the, the challenges that we face get in the way. We're going to press on. We're going to be can do. We're going to make this happen. My challenge to you this morning is, will you be the same in the relationships that you face? Will you be a church who throws yourself into friendship and relationship at this time? Christians should be the best friends in the world. We have the relational God who lives inside us. Jesus said, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples. Not how often you read your Bible, not how often, how often you pray, not how good you are to your neighbour. All those, all those things are absolutely important. Jesus said, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples the way you love one another. Throw yourself into relationship at this time. Find a home to belong to. Do you know one of the most beautiful things about church is that it's all backgrounds, all stories, all ethnicities, all social and economic backgrounds, all ages. Do you know one of the things that we need to fight as uh, the narrative in our society is that there's a division that exists, exists between the generations. The only when I was a student, the only time I saw babies and old people was when I went to church. In our current context, we've got a younger generation blaming an older generation over Brexit. We've got an older generation blaming a younger generation over COVID. As a church, we need to fight the narrative and be one and be united amongst all different backgrounds and all different ages. Jesus' prayer just before he goes to the cross is that his church might be one. My prayer for you today is that you as a church might demonstrate that unity to the world and that through it the world might know, or at least Colchester, that Jesus Christ is alive, that his church is alive and kicking, that his kingdom is coming, that his will is being done, and that Jesus saves. As I was uh, praying, as we were worshipping earlier, I felt maybe even on this day of, of, of your anniversary that your roots are really important, but the greatest days of Colchester Baptist Church are ahead of it, not behind it. Don't just look back, look to the future. God wants to do amazing things through you and with you. Hold on to the important things from the past, but press in to the future that God has for you. You know, church is not always easy, is it? It's messy. Nicky Gumbel says that if you uh, find the church, perfect church, you should immediately leave because you'll only mess it up again. But it is worth it. Relationship is worth it. Belonging is messy. It's not easy. But finding a home and finding a hope and pressing in together as the people of God is the way that will be rooted in this season. You need a home to belong to, but you also need a hope to believe in. Second reference in the New Testament is from Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Where Paul writes to the church in Colossae, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Paul is trying to convince this church in Colossae all the way through chapter one, where he has those beautiful moments where he talks about the magnificence and the unique person of Jesus Christ. He's trying to convince the church that they have a hope, a hope to believe in, a hope to press into. And that hope has a name. 
and his name is Jesus. My current favourite evangelist gets this and uh, he is my son. Caleb um, is, uh, is seven years old and uh, like father like son he just loves telling people about Jesus. In a moment I'm going to talk about my book uh, Storybearer um, which I'd love to talk to you about, about in a moment but um, Caleb uh, found that the daddy had written a book earlier this year and uh, paused going through the Chronicles of Narnia because he wanted to read daddy's book. There's absolutely I promise you no parental pressure. The book's about how we share our faith with our friends. So Caleb said, can I start praying for my friends to come to faith? I said, fantastic. So he starts praying for a few of his friends at school that they might become Christians. And a few weeks ago, he very excitedly came home from school and said, Daddy, Jacob's just become a Christian. I said, wow. I said, my word, you're going to start challenging me for prolific evangelism. He then said, can I tell you what happened? I said, Caleb, I'd love you to tell me what happened. He said, I went up to Jacob and I said, Jacob, do you want to live forever? Jacob said, yes, apparently. He then said, all right, then, Jacob, you've got to become a Christian. Jacob said, OK, then. Caleb said, all right, then, you're a Christian. <laughs> I said, great, Caleb. Now, if that's his evangelistic appeal when he's 27, we might have a bit of a problem with discipleship. But his heart is that he knows that Jesus is the only hope. And... My encouragement to you today as a church is that people are crying out for hope at this time. As I walk the streets, as I spend time online, I am observing in our society, across the landscape, people are crying out for hope at this time. I've, I've observed it with my new hobby. My new hobby is that I, uh, I love to run. Um, I've, lo I lo I've run more during lockdown because I've been working from home during lockdown and um, I've been eating more. And I've decided if I'm going to stay in any kind of shape, I could either eat less or run more. I decided to run more. And as I run, what I've been doing is I've been, is I've been praying for people as I run. And sometimes, and I don't like this, to be honest, because I feel challenged and it's out of my comfort zone. But sometimes God challenges me and provokes me to speak to people as I run and just let them know that I'm praying for them and offer to pray for them there and then. Now, I want you to know that even as an extroverted evangelist, this terrifies me. And there are often moments where I don't have the boldness to, to respond. But now and again, there have been moments where I felt God challenged me and I've turned around and I've gone up to people and said, uh, I'm really sorry to bother you, but I really I'm a Christian. I want, really wondered whether God would want me to pray with you today. Is there anything I can pray for? And in all that time, as I prayed for a number of people, there's only one person who's ever said no. Most people have been so unbelievably grateful. I prayed for uh, a, a couple of homeless people. I prayed for a guy called James who wanted to stop drinking. I, I prayed for a, a couple called Max and Rhea on, on a 7.30 on a Wednesday morning. Max was already drinking a can of lager and he was so overwhelmed that someone would offer to pray for him. I don't think he'd ever prayed before in his life, but he offered to pray for me in return. What came out of his, his mouth was hardly the Book of Common Prayer, but it was beautiful in the Lord's ears. Prayed for this one bloke called Phil, who when I closed my eyes, he tried to run off because I think he was a bit freaked out. But at the end of our conversation, said he wished there were more people in the world who would pray for people in the street. And I prayed for a bloke called Stevie, who was on crutches. He'd been in the army. He'd been amateur boxing association champion when he was younger. He had so many stories and we've met up a couple of times since. And when lockdown's over, he's going to start coming to church. What I've observed is that people are hungry for hope. And if you are asking some of this, these questions about how you help people discover hope, I'd love to recommend my book to you. 
came out early this year. It's, it's, a, it's an idiot's guide to sharing faith with your friends. There's many stories of failure, many stories of how we pray for our friends. If you're interested at all, uh, it's actually sold out on Amazon, but you can find it at all good Christian bookshops on Amazon when they restock. But would love you to check that out uh, if, you're, if you're interested in praying for your mates and relationally connecting with them and helping them connect with Jesus. But my encouragement to you today to be rooted is to not put your hope in the things of this world, but that your deepest hope is in Jesus. We need a home to belong to, but we also need a hope to believe in. And, you know, our, our deepest hope today is not in a vaccine, despite the wonderful news on Monday. Our deepest hope is not in the NHS. Our deepest hope is not in a new normal, an old normal or going back to normal. Our deepest hope is in Jesus. Cling to him during this time. As Cole prayed, faced with truth, Pilate says what is truth. He misses it. Don't miss it during lockdown. Cling to the hope of Jesus. What our world needs more than ever in this time is to, for us as the church to be good news people in a bad news world. For us to be a church filled with hope in the midst of difficult circumstances. And to know, as I looked my son in the eye, under that boat, that it will be all right in the end. Billy Graham famously said, do you know, I know it's going to be all right. I've read the last page of the Bible <laughs> and it all turns out okay. Today, on your anniversary, Colchester Baptist Church, may you be rooted in the rock of ages. May you know that he loves you. He's with you. He's for you. May you be rooted in him. Throw yourself into friendship. Be rooted in relationship. But don't give up on Jesus. Have a home to belong to and a hope to believe in. God bless you. Let's pray, shall we? Just invite you wherever you are. Maybe, like me, it's been a terrible year. Just get the sense as, as, a, as we reflect that the Holy Spirit for some of us needs to, wants, just wants to remind us and comfort us this morning. And wherever you are, I, I really feel that for some people, they feel like the tree that's been battered. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring his comfort to you this morning. Just get the picture of the, the roots reaching deep into the ground and, and the water just coming up the roots to bring healing. And so, Father, I pray that for those people for whom 2020 has just been so hard, would you bring hope yeah. and healing today? Come, Holy Spirit, and bring hope and healing today. feel that for for some there's been a kind of um there's a real challenge today to grow deeper in relationship many of us are zoomed out and i know the feeling 
but God's just been prompting us and provoking us today to reach out to some people. To go and grow together. And I just wonder whether, just in response, God's just provoking you and challenging you just to text someone today, to reach out, just to give someone a call and say, should we have a quick half an hour catch up on Zoom or go for a walk if that's legal still? Just, uh, yeah, Father, Lord, if that's what you're challenging some people to, to do today, I pray that you'd encourage them to know who to reach out to, to what to say, to what to do. Lord, I pray one of the marks of Colchester Baptist Church would be a... Uh, a, um, a real rootedness together. Mm. Father, thank you for this wonderful church. Father, I pray that in them, through them, would your kingdom come and will be done. Mm. Would they be rooted in you, like the tree planted by the stream? May they have no fear when the heat comes mm. and no worries in this year of drought. In Jesus' name.